in October 2020, two brothers began recording a podcast about the horror movies they love. All things seemed successful until they vanished in March of 2021. Now they have returned. The same, yet somehow different. You're listening to Horror everybody welcome back to horror bros i'm your host jason johnson along with jt johnson what's up man not much man just chilling i just got done with an open mic and uh i've got a big show in port Neches this weekend so i'm uh i'm ready we've already sold quite a few tickets for it so i just watched critters for mere minutes before we started recording holy shit Jesus, what a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, before anyone jumps my ass, the first three Critters movies, they held up great. Yeah. Um, th- those were a lot of fun. But this one, uh, you know, th- th- those have a lot of good horror, a lot of good comedy. This one seemed to forget all about both comedy and horror. Um, and right. also, it felt like the filmmakers were like, hey, you know what the fucking problem is with the first three Critters movies? Too many fucking Critters. Yeah. Let's yeah. have two critters for most of the fucking movie, uh, and let's have them do barely a fucking thing. And yeah. no, let's waste Brad Dorif and Angela Bassett while we're at it. Right. So, god damn. I remember I watched that movie as a kid, and I remember liking all four of them as a kid. This was the one that was like, oh, I did not fucking hold up yeah. at all. Yeah. Going back and taking Fuck. another look at them. Um... But yeah, uh, beyond that though, I've been kind of taking a break since Halloween um, from horror for the most part. Um, yeah. I've been playing Spider Man Two a lot. That's been my my gig, um, yeah. and I've enjoyed it, man. Like th- this is this is a game where, like, honest to God, if I didn't have a PlayStation and I got to play it at someone else's house, I'd be like, I'm buying a fucking PlayStation, yeah, so I can play these games. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, uh, looks like December. Yeah. Uh, Grand Theft Grand Theft Auto Six. Gonna trailer. finally get the announcement. Yep. Uh, supposedly that's gonna be like celebrating like the 25th anniversary of Rockstar too. Like uh, that's kind of the reason. Yeah. That's uh. That's uh. I don't know. It's it's been funny watching these people try and figure out clues to when they're gonna announce uh, Grand Theft Auto Six online. Yeah. It's it's just ridiculous. And these people are taking and trying to connect any dots to get the announcement date but we finally got it now it's Did funny bloomberg s- announced it yesterday that they were going to be putting it out and then when bloomberg is the day after bloomberg does that they come out with their announcement today that yes we are going to put this out thanks bloomberg yeah um did i hear that they're remastering fallout 3 that's what I heard. I, in fact, I've heard they're remaster. They're going to remaster a lot of shit. They're going to remaster. Um, I don't know if they're going to do Morrowind, but they are going to remaster Oblivion. Um, and yeah, I've heard Fallout Three is going. Fallout Three will be in the Fallout Four engine, so it'll have that better graphics and all that. And then um, I guess from what they were saying. Uh, Oblivion will be remastered in the Skyrim engine, so it'll look a lot better. 
I saw a, I saw um, a meme, well, short video, not a meme, yeah. of a um, thing where it was like um, it was someone. It, it was someone. The the typing said uh, playing Fallout New Vegas for the first time in 2010, and it's a clip of Brian Cox from that. Uh, that show he did uh, that that just went off secession. Yeah, where he's like, I love it here. I fucking love it here. Yeah, it's like because I remember when New Vegas came out, man. Everybody went ape shit over that game. Oh so, yeah, uh, I, I was surprised. So did you say they were remastering that one or no? Because that was the story well, that was behind Obsidian. that one is is a Obsidian. Yeah, they they in. I would love it now that Microsoft owns both Obsidian and Bethesda. I don't see why they couldn't work together to go ahead and do that one. That one would be nice, especially if they went in and they made uh, New Vegas what it was originally supposed to be. Because I, I, I don't know if you know that there was a time crunch. It was I think it was eighteen months, and Obsidian said, "Yeah, we can put out a a, a game in eighteen months." And so they did, and they put out New Vegas, which is a fantastic game. But their original plan for New Vegas, the actual New Vegas part, there was going to be more casinos. Uh, it, the, a lot of the buildings were going to be a lot more laid out and more structure to it. Um, but they just, because of the time crunch, they couldn't do as much as they wanted to do. So, uh, and it still turned out to be a fantastic game. My 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 Xbox is basically a Fallout and uh elder scrolls machine so that's all it is yeah that's the only reason i haven't pulled a trigger on an xbox because i feel like that's all i would be getting um yeah and that's no that's no that's not a shot at xbox i'm just yeah. i'm more of a single player uh yeah. story experience kind of gamer playstation has more to offer in that regard right um in fact the next game that insomniac has coming out people who made spider-man is wolverine yeah, and they've come out and said like they put their whole team on that now. Now that Spider Man Two's out, and it's going to be like a God of War, like these mo more recent God of War games. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. I know my roommate Courtney is man because he sure. loves Wolverine. Yeah, um, and I don't blame him. Um, wild week in entertainment. So the Richard Mole is passed away bull from night court yeah and also he was harvey dent two-face on uh batman animated series and then we had of course matthew perry that shit i think blew all of us away you know yeah he was the first friend to go he was very young he's he's you know it's uh, it, that was crazy because i looked at it as that dude was when he died was only like six years older than me and i'm like oh yeah. fuck but yeah, that one hit me real hard. Like yeah. what the, the fucking irony is, is that like I had just restarted or another, I mean, I watch friends. It's my comfort food. Yeah. Friends is. And I just done, started another rewatch. So when Courtney came to my room to tell me, Hey man, Matthew Perry passed, I was watching friends. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, looks like his, Right now, it looks like his body just, yep, just gave you out. Know, just gave out, and man, it it sucked. And uh, I've just been trying to. I've actually wa been watching a lot of friends like 
Chandler centric episodes. One of my yeah. one of my favorites is the cheesecake episode where him and Rachel uh, are eating the cheesecakes that they yeah. <laughs> steal from one of their neighbors. And uh, my favorite scene is they they the second one they were like, all right, let's put it back in front of her door and let's go get something to eat. We're just hungry. And when they get back, it's still there. And they're like, the cheesecake, it's still there. It's like, well, she she's been she's out of town. We don't want her. She doesn't need to come back to bad cheesecake. And Rachel's like, yeah, but you better grab it quickly. Okay, why? Because I think I just heard her move. And then <laughs> grab the cheesecake and leave. It was, it's also one of those sequences where I wish Rachel or Jennifer Aniston as Rachel and, and Matthew Perry as Chandler had had more to do together. Right. Because uh, those two, uh, first off, Jennifer Aniston is way funnier than I think she gets credit for. Yeah. Like she's got just great comedic timing. And, but her and his chemistry was great. And I wish they had, they had been able to do more together, but alas, friends will live on. And, also, yep. more importantly, he really wanted to stress that he wished his work uh, at helping other addicts, because as we all know, Matthew Perry was uh, a pretty bad addict, uh, alcohol, pills, that stuff. Um, and he just released a memoir last year that a lot of people uh, said has helped them. And that's kind of what he, want, he wanted his legacy to be, is if his story could help others. And so... I, I think it will uh, definitely, that'll be part of his legacy as well. He right. he won't be defined by his addiction in that, oh, he was an addict. He'll be defined as like he survived it and he tried to help others through their uh, uh, addictions. And by all accounts, like I've not heard one person come out and say that like he was an asshole or anything like that. Everyone who's come out to talk about Matthew Perry said he was a good guy. He just had a, he had a terrible monkey on his back uh, right. for a long time. But uh, anyway, yeah, in memory of him. And then, yeah, Richard Mall, man. Um, I knew he had been, not ill, but I knew he had been yeah. feeling the effects of age, let's say. Yeah. Um, he was 80. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. And But that doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. it still sucks that, he, you know, he's gone. I oh, mean, good Lord. I'm beginning to think that Night Court is fucking cursed, and John Larroquette's the only one who's beat it. Yeah. Like, because <laughs> we've lost a lot of people from that show. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, let's get to some, yeah. let's get some good news. Yeah. That, that <laughs> uh, Ghostbusters trailer you sent me earlier but, was fantastic. Before I, before I get to that though, the actor strike is yeah. officially over. Yeah. Looks like they reached a new three-year deal with the studios. Uh, so I just want to give a quick shout out because we're going to talk more about that trailer. Uh, a quick shout out to the actors for uh, reaching a deal that from what I've read so far is it's a good deal for them. So I, I hope I hope that pans out. But yeah, Ghostbusters, Frozen Empire. Don't know how I feel about the title, but um, that's the only thing I can question because that trailer was fucking Awesome. And you've got yeah. Patton Oswalt and Kamel Nanjiani joining the, the right. crew from Afterlife. And then you've got, hey, remember when Bill Murray was reluctant to come back for any Ghostbusters? Yeah, films? now he's back for two of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the synopsis is basically that the Sony released an official synopsis where it basically says that like the old Ghostbusters are at the firehouse 
in a secret lab where they're developing new Ghostbusters tech, helping out the new Ghostbusters. Yeah. And now they both must join forces for this new threat, which apparently involves some sort of frost ghost yeah. that's freezing uh, New York. Uh, my friend Sean also said it best. Um, all you had to do was show me uh, Paul Rudd in a proton pack. Yep. And I'm sold. Uh, that was great. I like that. Yeah, now they're all officially Ghostbusters. It's, it's kind of like the previous film got us back into the world, and now they're going to have a lot of fun in that world. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and I also posted on Facebook, I think the siren for the Ecto-1 is one of the most satisfying fucking sounds. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. It's that sound that when I yeah. hear it, I know I'm going to be in a good place. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I loved it. What about you? What did you think? Oh, of? I thought it was fantastic. I can't wait to see the movie now. I I, I was a little reluctant on it, you know, whenever, because um, I, I love that uh, the last one. I, however, I did think it was a little too into having some sequel bait in it. And I was like, uh-oh, are they are they going to go for the money here on this IP and just really, you know, just hammer Ghostbusters down our throat? But they, they I don't think they are now. I, I think it's it looks like it's going to be a really good story with a really good, you know, uh, excuse me, through line through it. I, I, like, I, I like that trailer a lot. And that was just a teaser, so hey, you know. Yeah, no telling what else we're going to. No, yeah, no telling what else we're going to get. Um, beyond that, man, I have some holdover news from when we were going to record at an earlier date, and that yeah. was apparently, I don't know, have you ever watched It Follows from 2014? No, I never have. You need to fucking watch that movie. It's right. fucking fantastic, because they just announced a sequel with the original star, uh, Maka, uh, Micah, Micah Monroe, I'm butchering her name, I'm sure. But she's returning. She's the main character in the first one. Mm -hmm. uh, and this one's going to call They Follow. And it's the original director, too, uh, yeah. who I think is the, the, the writer as well. And so I'm looking forward to that. And that's really kind of all I had. Yeah. Uh, I was taken over by horror films, ironically enough, uh, for Halloween. So no, news, of course, and, yeah. news and, and even writing. I took a break from writing. I, I, the only thing I have over at horrorbros.blogspot.com uh, is I did write a review for Five Nights at Freddy. Yeah. Uh, which I do recommend. It was a fun movie. Uh, it's a fun PG-13 movie. It's light horror. Yeah. Uh, Matthew, But Matthew Lillard is great. You know, he loves to chew that scenery. Yeah. Um, in the best way possible. But uh, that movie was good. Uh, beyond that, man, yeah. I think we're ready to kind of get into some movies. Yeah, because uh -huh. God knows I watched a lot of them, and I didn't even, it, like, I'll be honest with you, I watched so many horror movies over these last two weeks that I have forgotten everything I did watch. <laughs> That's, uh, but yeah, um, I, we're going to start with you this week, right, for our, the actual movie that we're going to review. Yeah. Yeah, because honestly, I think I'm going to enjoy talking about your movies more. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I hate to say that, but I chose 1990s Nightbreed. Now, before anyone says anything, I did like the movie. Uh, but yeah, um, the synopsis for it basically is a man named Aaron Boone is having strange dreams about a place called Midian, a place where monsters reside. After being betrayed by the most evil psychiatrist ever put on film with the most monotone voice yes. ever... Aaron is killed but bought back from the dead to become a part of the monsters 
that refer to themselves as Nightbreed. Um, stars Craig Schaefer as Aaron Boone, and Bobby as Lori Winston. Uh, Charles Hayde as Captain Eigerman, who is a great over-the-top villain. Yeah. Um, Hugh Ross as Narcissi? I'm trying to say the name right. It's Narcissi. the best friend with the... Yeah. Narcissi, yeah. With the pilled face. Uh, Doug Bradley as Dirk Lylesberg. That name should sound familiar to Hellraiser fans. That is yep. Pinhead. Um, and of course, who could forget David Cronenberg as Dr. Philip K. Yeah. Decker. Um, how the hell he ends up in this movie, I, I really don't know. I'm uh, sure he knew Clive Barker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the movie is based on Cabal, a short story by Clive Barker. And Barker intended for this to be a trilogy of movies. I was, was going to ask you about that because... Uh, this movie screams IP, but we'll get into that later. Yeah. Right. Uh, I didn't do very much research into the movie beyond mm -hmm. watching a couple little things because there is two words that define this movie. Studio interference. Yep. On a level hitherto unheard of. Because I watched two versions of this movie. Yeah. The version that I saw when I was a kid. And also that I saw one more time when I was in high school and I rented it again and watched it. Loved mm -hmm. it both those times. This time, though, I saw just how cut the fuck up this movie is. Like, yeah. this movie just fucking jumps from scene to scene. There is no fucking connective tissue in the theatrical uh, edition. Right. And you can tell 20th Century Fox was... What the fuck is this? Let's try to edit it in some straightforward fashion so we can market the fucking thing. And they didn't know what the hell they were doing. Nope. Um, then there's the director's cut. Now, the director's cut is slightly better in that it, it adds some of that connective tissue right. back into it. But it also adds a scene of uh, Lori singing in a nightclub which is just about as bad as CGI fucking creatures being added to Return of the Jedi yeah. fucking interfering with that movie. That fucking scene grated so, on my nerves. God yeah, damn, did it grate sucked. on my nerves. Um, um, because I did watch yeah. the director's cut. I went and subscribed to Shout Factory just so I could watch the director's cut. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it is better. In that, like you said, they added all that connective tissue to it. But um, the last time I had watched the original version, the theatrical version, was years ago. So, you know, it I kind of came on into it almost with fresh eyes. But, you know, um, I wondered if there had ever been planned sequels because um, it just screams sequel. It just, it, 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 it screams we are developing a new horror IP here. This is going to be Clive Barker's next Hellraiser. This is going to be uh, the studio's next horror thing, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, well, shit, it ends on a cliffhanger in both yeah. versions. Yeah. I mean, it ends with, like, Boone will return yeah. kind of shit like that. And um, the only big difference between the ending is in your ending, well, the director's cut ending that we just that we watched recently, it ends with Captain Eigerman finding the mutated priest and the priest saying he'll go and get his revenge and killing Eigerman and leaving. Yeah. The original theatrical edition is he's hung up Dr. Uh, Decker on a cross like situation and Decker yeah. comes back to life screaming and, 
And so he's going to be set up as the villain of the next right. film. But, um, but yeah, there was no way this film was going to... This film had a lot going against it. There was studio interference, but it also came out in 1990. Yeah. Which everyone can tell you, horror at that's, the box office, horror died yeah, in the early 90s. That's when it started. It was... It, 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 people had had enough at that point. It was like, how many times can I see this and we're not starting anything new? And then, you know, of course, in the 90s, you get the the independent film, you know, uh, uh, revolution that happened uh, where you get your Tarantinos and your Rodriguez's and, and all of them. And, and you uh, so people wanted that type stuff more instead yeah. of, you know, horror movies. And it was yeah, it was pretty much done. Uh, yeah, until Scream, I've said it before and I'll probably say it again, until Scream at the end of 1996, man, yeah. like horror was pretty much comatose. In fact, they're just about to release, um, God, I think, I forget what the series is called, but there's a documentary series that's, yeah. uh, there's been two of them so far that they're like three hour long documentaries a piece. Yeah. And then their next one that they're coming out with, I can't remember the title, I'll try to remember it for next time. Um they're they're actually dealing with the 90s the lost decade of horror is their theme yeah. and it's actually and they say the lost decade but they're really looking at 90 to 95 <laughs> yeah yeah um i uh but, it, it's so funny because I, I thought i had this as sidetrack real quick but it, you, yeah. you mentioned scream of course i've you know watched all kinds of horror um I would love to see a documentary on finding how uh, about how they go about finding the right mask because it seems like these major horror IPs they all have just that mask is what brought you in scream the ghost face mask mm -hmm. which was an off the shelf mask that ended up making the company that originally made it fucking millions of dollars because it was in this film um the 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 shatner mask the hockey mm -hmm. mask for jason it's finding that right mask that just works so well for that character and makes them an icon you know and what's crazy is is like yeah if you look at like if you go to spirit yeah and you see any quote unquote scream related stuff where ghost face is featured, whether it yeah. be a shirt or the costume or whatever, it's the ghost face brand. Right. It's not scream right. because that's the fucking company that made it in the first place. Mm -hmm. uh, Wes Craven went out and spent, they created like 15 masks for the scream mask before mm -hmm. they finally went to a Halloween store, bought that for like five bucks. And Wes Craven said, and that was perfect because it was described in the script as a fucking dime store mask. You know, yeah. sometimes the simple solutions are the best people. Yes. Um, um, but yeah, I would love yeah. to, I would love to see uh, like a cool little documentary on iconic masks. Uh, you know, cause even Freddy Krueger, you know, I mean, it, 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 they made masks of his face because it was so burnt up and everything and all, you yeah. know, um, but um, speaking of though, Wow makeup effects in this movie with all of the different creatures that was the thing i think that i mean well i know that was the thing that drew me in as a kid yeah and and even in high school it was cool man yeah but uh 
It was, yeah, the makeup effects, because that's one thing. Like, this is where you can tell it's a, a Clive Barker movie, because yeah. the man doesn't skimp on makeup effects. I mean, shit, look at Hellraiser. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's unreal. Um, yeah, so yeah, I can definitely give the movie that for sure. How do you feel about Cronenberg as Decker? I was kind of like, <laughs> I was kind of like on the fence with him, because there were certain times where I'm like, that fucking monotone yeah, acting. Show some goddamned worked. emotion at some point. It works for a psychopathic killer, but at some yeah. point, you need to see them lose their shit where that facade that they have on comes off. And hey, good, Cronenberg uh, is just that way. He's just that uh, quiet. <laughs> yeah. A good example of this uh, on uh, Screenbox, which I just subscribed to and suggest people do if you're a fan of horror. Yeah. But ironically, the first thing I watched wasn't horror. It was RoboDoc, the yeah. making of RoboCop. And this is just to go in touch with what you're saying about losing their shit. Uh, Kurtwood Smith, who played Clarence Bodiger, who, by the way, yeah. has one of my favorite deliveries where he said, where he, <laughs> two deliveries, one pays off the other, where he says, Look at my face, dick. And, yeah. then, <laughs> and then later on, when he, when uh, Richard, the CEO, explains how, oh, you're going to take control of old Detroit. This is my whole plan. I love it when he looks at him and goes, well, it looks like you and me are still going to be partners, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> he says yeah. that name. But Kurtwood Smith, as Clarence Bodiger, made a, a conscious decision where he would be afraid of fucking no one yeah. in that movie. Yeah, he would always be. Can you fly, Bobby? He would always be that guy. Yeah, you know, until he faces fucking RoboCop in the warehouse. Yeah, and that's the only time he shows fear, right? Because he's like, "I want to protect Jones." You know, he's in his mind, right? Which, of course, then leads to. I love it. He goes right back into confidence mode when, uh, <laughs> when RoboCop takes him to the police station and says, "Book him and leaves," and then. <laughs> And then Clarence just, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm getting into this movie. He just looks at the chief and goes, just give me my fucking phone call. Yeah. <laughs> that yep. movie, God damn, that movie's great. Anyway, yep. but that's a good example of a, of a performance where they made the decision to enhance the hero of the piece. Right. Um, By him not showing fear. So, yeah, I don't mind the monotone but he should be freaking the fuck out when the monsters are coming yeah, after him. At some fucking point, you got to show him, you have to see the mask come off of a psychopath. Cause that's the whole thing about a psychopath there. They, they put on a mask for the world to see. And then, um, I know, I'm sure you've heard, you know, you listen to like last podcast on the left and stuff like that. Like I do. Um, they hit that berserker mode. Where they, it's towards the end. They know they're getting, they're going to get caught. You know, I have, I think that's the feeling they have. And they, they're like, I got to get as many in before I do it. And then that's when they yeah. go on like a week long killing spree. And typically, they're caught pretty soon after that because that's when they start making mistakes and they're manic. And uh, yeah, so you have to see that come off at some point. But, but yeah, um, I don't know. I, I thought it was fine. I'll say this much. I This is the first movie that we have watched for this show where I would like a studio to go to Clive Barker's estate, get his original notes for these three, for, you know, of course we can read Cabal, but, then for, but his treatments for uh, the trilogy he planned to do and 
actually remake this? He's actually talked about before developing a TV series. Yeah. And to be honest, I could see this as a TV series. Yeah. Um, short form, like, you know, just 10 episodes per season, maybe for two or three, maybe for three or four seasons, yeah. you know, not, not, nothing that would last forever. Right. But something that could tell that complete story that maybe he was planning um, in the long term. This is the thing that, yeah, this is the one thing that I think uh, would be, uh, that I can say would benefit from a a remake. And uh, I think would bring a lot more to it. Uh, Another one final highlight is Hugh Ross uh, as Narcissi, Mm -hmm. uh, the best friend monster, (laughs) basically. Uh, who cuts his face off. Yeah. Uh, sorry, excuse me. I have a little bit of indigestion today. Um, I love a coward. You know, yeah. He's got the, he's that one that he steals the show when he's on screen. Uh, does not die in the theatrical version, but does get killed in the director's cut, which I was the only thing where I was like, the studio did a better, made a better decision. Cause I would want to see that character again in a sequel. Yeah, yeah. Like, bring not beheaded on a on a spike, but um. So I give him a, a heads up and or, or a, a shout out. Uh, I don't really have much more to say about this one. I think I can go ahead and rate it. Uh, yeah. If you have anything more you want to say, uh, yeah. Uh, no, can. I'm I'm fine. I'm I'm done with that. All right, I give both the theatrical and director's cut. Uh, three out of five psychiatrists played by the king of body horror, David Cronenberg. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I, uh, um, I, I'll stick with my ten scale, uh, and I'm going to go six out of ten. Uh, uh, ancient demons hanging up by what looks like veins off the wall. Baphomet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, but All yeah, right, well, Jason, yeah, I, um, well, let me, let me tell you, you this. Got? I, okay, the movie I'm going to review today is Halloween four, uh, the return of Michael Myers. Now, now let me say this over the couple of weeks now, since the special and all that, I have watched Halloween, Halloween two, Halloween three, Halloween four, Halloween five. Curse of Michael Myers. Uh, I have I skipped H two O and Resurrection. Uh, damn sure skipped the zombie films, and then I went and watched Halloween two thousand eighteen, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends. Uh, so I have Halloweened myself out. I mean, I, I watched the shit out of Halloween, um, just because I hadn't uh, really caught back up on it to that level in a long time uh so i'm i'll probably be jumping around movies here talking about certain things like for instance uh, i'm just going to go ahead and throw this out here um uh, uh halloween kills features the character tommy doyle heavily uh as played by uh, anthony michael hall he did great in the in the role however um, I'm sure they wanted the original actor to come back. I'm, I, it, but for some reason it didn't happen because they did it with the little girl. Um, the, <laughs> but 
it, the only thing that could have made that movie better for me <laughs> is if they had backed up a dump truck of money in front of this house and dumped it out and got Paul Rudd to come back and play Tommy Doyle in that movie. <laughs> I think that would have been just such a great callback to those, uh, to curse. They considered it. They considered it. Yeah. Did they? They considered it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, Cause they, you know, they were always trying to think of throwbacks to the previous films, right. even though they weren't right. canon anymore. And they considered, well, Paul mm-hmm. Rudd played him once, but uh, Paul, I think Paul Rudd said that like, uh, he even had a conversation with green, but yeah. they just decided hey, it's probably better to go with someone original with that role. Because right. unlike Lindsay, um, Tommy's actually more prominent in that movie right. as like the head right. of the mob and all that stuff. So, yeah. but yeah, I love that trilogy of yeah. films. Gr- Green, I think, knocked it out of the park. He made films that yeah. stand on their own, but also honor the original, and yeah. they all have their own different themes. So I like them. And by the way, you chose Halloween Four. I'm going to be talking about three primary films here. Yeah, uh, Halloween Four, Halloween Five, Five Halloween and, Six. Yes, because you can't because, really talk about them without that. Now, I, well, the reason yeah. being is I'll never fucking choose Halloween Five. Or Halloween Six yeah. on their own, right? To talk May as about. well go ahead on and get so, them out. And I call them either. I, I've sometimes interchangeably called them the Loomis trilogy, yeah, because Pleasance came back for those three before yeah. he passed, or the Thorn, the trilogy. Thorn trilogy. Yeah, that's what most people refer to it as. So, um, little backstory here to start with. You you have to understand where I'm coming from on Halloween Four on this. At the time that I first watched it. Uh, it is 1988. It has been 10 years since the original Halloween. Um, we, we had had Halloween. We had had Halloween 2. Uh, this iconic character of Michael Myers comes out of it. And we're all about it. Now, of course, also, we have other things forming up. We have um, Jason comes up in... in Friday the 13th too. So now we're starting to get these iconic, you know, horror characters. Um, And then they come out with Halloween 3. And it has nothing to do with Michael Myers, Laurie Strode, nothing. What we now know was the original intent of John Carpenter. He was going to make an anthology series. And he did. He created Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, which, thank God, people have gone back to and decided oh wait this is a good movie yeah quick note on halloween three yes newer generations may have discovered that film and liked it right away but if you grew up like jason and i did with the series and i fully admit this you fucking hated halloween three when you first fucking saw it and you can't say you didn't but at this time yeah so at this time that's where our mindset is at this time go ahead so at this time we're watching Friday the 13th come out with a movie every year. We're watching uh, Freddy get a movie every year. We're watching, you know, I mean, it's just constant barrage. And we're all in the back of our minds going, where is Michael fucking Myers? If they hadn't have fucked it up with Halloween 3, we would have another, this great character that goes above and beyond to me what, as far as frightening what Jason and Freddie are. And then in 1988, I am 12, almost 13, and we get a trailer, and it's 
Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. We nearly shit ourselves when we saw this. I remember me and a couple of my friends were just like, oh yeah, we will be there opening fucking night. We will see this movie. And um, and so we go and see it. Now, they to me, um, first of all, let me start this. Carpenter wrote a treatment for this movie, for Halloween 4. Uh, what he wanted was a look at Haddonfield after the Michael Myers attacks, how it had it affected the people of Haddonfield, which would have been a great, like, psychological kind of thing to do. But Mustafa Khan looked at him and said, have you seen Jason? Have you seen Freddy? No. I will have my fucking guy. I'm going to have Michael Myers be the person in this film. And so Carpenter bowed out and the, we get what we got. I think if you're going to bring Michael Myers back, which he's practically been blown to, to fucking smithereens and burned to death in Halloween too, that I think they did a fairly decent job with this movie of actually bringing him back. Of course, they weren't going to get Jamie Lee Curtis. So they get the daughter of Laurie Strode uh, to be the, <laughs> The little girl, which, you know, she's amazing. Named Jamie. Yes. After Jamie Leaker. Yes. Um, uh, and again, they are transporting Michael. Now, in the future, um, can we stop transporting Michael Myers anywhere? Every time they go to transport him somewhere, it, it, they fucking, he gets away, God damn it. You know, <laughs> Halloween, he gets away. Halloween, he gets away. Uh, uh, Halloween 4, he gets away. He, every time you try and put this fucker in a car, he just fucking goes off and hauls <laughs> ass. You know, let's just stop doing it. Leave him where he's at. Uh, you know? Uh, but So anyway, they're transporting him because he's been in a coma for 10 years since the events of Halloween and Halloween 2. Um, and, uh, you know, they even, you know, I, I don't know how the hell he lived, blah, 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 you know, it, it, you know, shit. And of course, Michael wakes up and fucking escapes, uh, with apparently now superhuman fucking strength. Cause he wakes up in the back of this fucking ambulance and immediately does not put his thumb through someone's eye socket. No, no, that would be fucking normal. No, he literally grinds his thumb through a man's forehead. Right through the thickest part of the human fucking skull. He just fucking drills his thumb through it. Which was great. Fuck, you know, at 13 years old, I was sitting there going, fuck yeah! Anyway. <laughs> uh, but, of course, Loomis is back. And it, and it becomes, you know, I mean, yeah, sure, he's after the little girl Jamie and her stepsister or whatever but the fact of the matter is this is loomis's film this this the whole <laughs> thing is it's loomis's story you know i told you he's evil you should never let him get away you talk about him as if he's a man yeah that part of him died long ago yeah. <laughs> oh look oh which speaking of which one of my favorite fucking scenes mm -hmm. uh you're hunting ain't you you're hunting the evil when he hitchhikes so with the crazed yes. pre preacher. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, 
I don't have his name. I, I forgot to bring my, my notes in here, and I don't want to get up and go get them. I forgot his name. He is a very famous character actor. He's been, he usually plays drunks or crazy people, uh, homeless, you know, type shit, you know, and he's so good at it. But, yeah, yeah, you're hunting it, ain't you? The, uh, the driving preacher who's on his, you know, personal mission to revive everything. What do you think I'm hunting? Yeah. Damnation, mister. Yeah. I've come close to it a time or two. Yeah. Too damn close. Yeah. <laughs> I love he it. He is also, he's the archetypical ra- crazy Ralph from Friday the 13th. Yeah. Yeah. You're doomed. You're all doomed. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And, uh, but he, but he also clearly defines in that one scene who Loomis is in this movie. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, thank God for Donald Pleasance in all these because he brings a level to it that is well above what it deserves. But, of course, he had six daughters, and he decided he needed money, so he welcomed the Halloween series. Uh, so, he, was, he was once famously asked uh, yeah. how many would he do, and he said, I don't know, 22. I'll stop at Halloween 22. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I'll have to, and, and, and I say thank God for him for this because in the first film, there's actually a couple, there were a couple of little scenes where you learn a little bit about Loomis and his family. You know, he's he had a, he was going to get a call from his wife and he was, you know, you learn how, who he is. And Loomis is the one that stepped on set and said, all this has to be removed because yeah. Michael's one singular purpose is to go back to Haddonfield and kill these people. He said Loomis has to be just as mysterious. His singular purpose must be finding and killing Michael Myers. And um, and thank God for that, because that makes Loomis perfect. I mean, in every way. Mm-hmm. It, 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 this guy who is just on a mission. He, has for, he met a child uh, that had nothing but pure evil in his eyes, and he decided to forego any kind of life of his own just to make sure that this evil never, you know, was released, which unfortunately it was. Um, I, 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 I'll say this much before I move on to it. I think they did very well in this movie to bring him back, uh, to bring Pleasance back, to bring uh, uh, Michael back. And all that. You know, they actually had a flashback scene planned. It was going to be when mm-hmm. he blew up the hospital uh, room. Oh, yes. And he was going to, yeah. he was, it was going to show him being blown clear of the room where he yeah. gets burned, but he doesn't get, uh, he wouldn't have been dead. That They were going to actually right. explain it. But Pleasance even said on that one, he's glad they didn't do it because he wanted, you know, he wanted Michael to, you know, uh, he wanted to be like Michael. It's just as mysterious as, you know, how the fuck did they both live at it? Well, they have singular purpose and he, you know, somehow knew Michael lives. So he willed himself to live, you know? Um, yeah. uh, so anyway, um, the movie goes on and on and on. It, it, it's now, cool. Daniel, we see some of the Daniel, Daniel Harris, Harris is amazing. Uh, that's another thing that makes this movie work. I'll yes. go ahead and say real quick, the Halloween four for the longest time, maybe aside from 1981's Halloween two yeah. was my favorite of the sequels right. for a long time. Yeah. And Daniel Harris is an actress where like, if you don't get that 
child actor right. Yeah. It doesn't work. Child right. actors can so easily come off as just not interesting or not emotional enough right. or just fucking annoying and as hell. She fucking nails this role. She fucking nails it. Uh, fun fact, a little behind the scenes. Uh, uh, Donald Pleasance had a fucking huge trailer on yeah. it on, on the film. Yeah. And he saw... Danielle Harris and that she had a small, relatively small trailer. Yeah. And he, he said, you know what? You take my trailer. Yeah. And he gave her the big trailer. So she would have that. He, Daniel Harris said that, that Pleasance was very fatherly to yeah. her on yeah. the scene. On, on Which the makes set. sense. I mean, he had six daughters. I'm sure he looked at this little girl running around the set and was like, Oh, I miss my daughters <laughs> right now. You know? And also um, probably just wanted to make sure she wasn't scared to death of everything happening yeah, around her. Of Jesus course. Christ. Of course. But, and yeah. uh but yeah, she nails it. Uh the movie's great. It's got great kills in it. Uh I don't wanna you know I'm I'm it, of course in the end <laughs> we have the entire town, uh, the entire police force and all of the state troopers uh, just firing hundreds of rounds into Michael Myers, who then falls down an old well for fuck's sake, uh, yeah. uh, and is buried, uh, buried alive down there, uh, and that's where we leave it with him. And then, of and then, course, yeah. we get the really cool scene at the end where Daniel Harris's character Jamie, she's this little girl, but the 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 mom goes up the stepmom goes up to prepare her a bath and it's been set up she's dressed up as a clown she's dressed up as a clown yeah for halloween and she goes up there and you it goes back to the perspective of through the eyes of the mask just like in halloween she grabs a pair of scissors and she goes in and starts stabbing the shit out of her stepmom and then you know of course loomis looks up she's standing at the top of the stairs with the scissors in her hand and blood all over and loomis is no no you know the (laughs) typical donald pleasant scream of no and uh yeah that's where we're left off at and so the movie's great i i love this movie yeah because there's a scene where like michael myers gets hit before he gets blown into the the to the uh well where jamie goes up to him kneels down and grabs his hand yeah and then they're like jamie get away and then that's when michael myers gets up and they blow him away Director Dwight Little says that's the moment where the evil transfers to Jamie. Right. Like in 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 his opinion, that's why that he had that sh- specific shot. Right. Uh, mm. And so I'm sure with Halloween Five, we've got serial killer Jamie Lloyd, right? I mean, I'm sure uh, that's that's well, the logical. You you thing would think that, but uh, as it turns out, there was a hole. At the bottom of this abandoned well where Michael Myers is able to climb out of, he goes to what appears to be a cave, maybe? No, well, what kills me is first he crawls out of the hole yeah. that they then dynamite. They show right. that they did dynamite yeah. it into a fucking river that is nowhere yeah. around. It empties into a or river. you can yeah. hear right. anywhere. So, you know, fuck that. And he know, just floats one. down. And then he ends up at a hobo's house, really. I think it's like a, a really yeah. decrepit cabin of some yeah, sort. Yeah, something. I don't know, um, but yeah. But that's a, well, that's a reshoot because originally it was going to be some young hobo that, that or young drug addict that found him. Yeah. And 
Mustafa Akkad didn't like that, so they reshot it. And so yeah. that's why it's what the fuck. So this movie starts off yeah. pissing me off. Right. So then we but cut anyway. to Jamie. She's in the hospital because they're studying her. She can't speak now anymore, so let's just cut out half of Danielle Harris's fucking great acting prowess, which is her ability to to emote. Uh which which okay. Hundred percent I'm gonna say this right now. She is still amazing because even without speaking through 90% of this movie, she emotes so well through her facial spe- expressions that I I felt for that girl. I also felt for her for having to be in this film. Uh, most of most of this cast, I will say, does the best with what they've got. A hundred percent. Yeah, I say most of this cast. Yeah, I'll most. get to that. Yeah, I'll let you. I love hearing you go off about shit movies. Fucking. So we're gonna. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Halloween five. Uh, it, yeah, they. Uh, Michael, of course, revives and and she can't speak and. They these random scenes that they actually shot in England just because they decided to add this shit. In. I don't. It, 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 at least that's the blurb I read. Anyway, of this guy in a trench coat with this big round hat on, and you see this tattoo of of a rune on his arm, and then let's just go ahead on and cut to the bullshit ending of this movie. Okay, hold on. First yeah. off, we got to also mention Ellie Cornell as Rachel in the fourth movie. Yeah, she is the foster sister of Jamie. She was she quickly became a fan fucking favorite, right? Um, and she's great in yeah. Halloween Four. I needed to go ahead and mention her. Um, she's a great. She's technically who would be the final girl if Jamie Jamie wasn't around, right? Um, she comes back in Halloween 5. Yeah. And it's great. It's so great. I'm so excited. Hey, Rachel's back. And uh-huh. bam, Rachel's fucking dead. Yeah. And like the first 15. Which pissed uh, me off to no end. Because like you said, she had become a fan favorite in that yeah. fourth film. And we really wanted to see her back. Um, and they kill her. And, I was, and the thing is, is they show her getting stabbed in like the shoulder by Michael Myers in that first scene. And yeah. so later on in the film... I'm hoping that, oh, he didn't kill her. She'll be back. She's just recovering now, or he's got her, you know, locked away somewhere or some shit. Because, like I said, fan favorite. You think they would want to keep her around. But, nope, you find out later. She's deader than a fucking doornail. Yeah, they they settled for stabbing her in the heart, because in the original script, she was supposed to be stabbed through the fucking mouth with the scissors. It was supposed to be a much more gruesome death. And Cornell herself... Who was already pissed that they were killing her off? She's not like yeah. she requested that or right. anything. Um, said, "I'm not doing that. You're going to have to come up with a compromise." Um, and and then you've got like, I am so fucking tired. Only Deputy Dewey is the greatest uh, goofball cop. Not these two dipshits that are in this movie. Who every time we see him, a fucking whistle goes off or yes. some shit. Which pissed me off to no fucking end. Um, and they then, tried to make the cops the comic relief, and it yeah, doesn't fucking and, work. You guys, and you, like most most horror films, you can't yeah. wait to see the comic relief fucking die. Right. Um, Rachel is replaced by this other girl named Tina, who is the most annoying fucking person in the movie. Um, she, I never liked her. Uh, she didn't seem yeah. to give a shit about Jamie. She was more in. 
she wanted to get back to her dipshit boyfriend and go to the party and right. and god damn it this movie fucking sucks and also when did Michael Myers' house turn into a goddamn Victorian castle? I know. Yeah, it it, it, dude, um, it just I know they've... what the, Well, I know what I know the reason. The produce, the filmmakers are like uh, the uh, the original house is too simple. And it's uh, Dominico Thin Gerard is the guy who directed this stupid yeah. fucking movie. And he is he said like, "Oh, the original house was too simple. We needed more action, so we needed more room and all that." And I'm like, yeah. Fucking other Halloween movies prove that house is perfectly fine. Yes, hundred. It's the one thing I'll give Halloween Resurrection, the dipshit mm-hmm. movie that this movie better be glad exists because it's now no longer the worst Halloween movie. Right. Uh, Halloween Resurrection at least proved you could have a lot of action in that house, even though it's dumbass reality television with Busta Rhymes. But um, right. but this movie, god damn it! Like for one. If you're wondering how half-assed this was all done, Daniel Farrens is the guy who they bring in to write Halloween 6 after this movie. Yeah. And Daniel Farrens, the first thing he says is, I called the writers of Halloween 5 to say, hey, the man in black, um, the connection with the psychic connection between Jamie and, and Michael Myers, right. the the reason Michael Myers is kidnapped at the end by the man in black, which yeah. is the dumbest fucking if you could have the best fucking well real quick let's tell everybody real quick let's tell everybody the ending here the the, so they catch michael myers they put him in jail he they've caught him it's done uh so now they're going to take him off uh but then this man in black who you've only seen twice there is no explanation at all of who he is why they have this tattoo on their wrist uh nothing uh just goes in with guns and kills every fucking cop in Haddonfield and gets Michael Myers out of uh, uh, jail. And yeah. they, he, they're just gone. They're in the wind. And so Farron's comes in and he's he talks to the writers of Halloween 5, the filmmakers, and he says, uh, all that stuff, what up with that? Um, expecting them to give him some framework. And they, they literally told him, oh, we just came up with that shit the, and, and said whoever had to write Halloween 6 would have to deal with that. Yeah. That was the, the extent of their fucking they creative input. They threw shit at the wall to movie. see what would stick. That's basically it. And, and it's the only reason I give any leniency to Halloween 6, which we'll get to here in a second. But... Yeah. Uh, and, and and I'm not, I don't want anyone to think that I'm saying that Halloween 6 is a good movie. It's not. It's, in fact, it's so imperfect. There's two versions of it. But, yes. um, but this movie, like, the best thing going for this movie is a, a, a fucking unhinged Donald Pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. As Dr. Loomis, you know, he's still out there. Help me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, oh, Jesus. And beats Michael, but here's badass. Here's how badass he is. Shoots Mike up with a bunch of tranks. Because yep. this is how Michael Myers is caught, by the way. Yeah. Shoot Mike shoots Michael Myers up with a bunch of tranks and then beats the shit out of him with a two by four. Yes. Before collapsing, presumably of either a stroke or a heart attack. <laughs> yes. Oh, and also he has devised this thing, this net. Made out of chain. 
to drop on Michael Myers to hold him down while he beats him with the fucking two by four. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's and but, that uh, was it. It, it uh, yeah, it's it's one of the worst it Halloween me. films. I, I would say me. the only two films that outrank it in worseness is Halloween Resurrection, which is just god awful. Yes, and Rob Zombie's 2009 Halloween Two. Yes. Those, those are the those two, are the those only two, suck two more. that are worse. Yeah. Um. Re- well, and you know, we just talked about Curse and Curse of Michael Myers is like you say, it tries, it tries, it, it, it tries. It reintroduces Tommy Doyle. Uh, Rachel is back. Uh, what? for uh, huh? not Rachel. Um, Jamie. Jamie is back for about oh two seconds. Uh. Yeah. And uh, we see she's had a baby, and uh, she's running from the cult of Thorn in the beginning of the movie. And Michael ends up killing her, but she's hidden the baby. And Tommy Doyle, of all people, goes and gets the baby. Uh, And and, explains the origin, which is right. I'm going to explain it the best I can. It's the Curse of Thorn, which means when this constellation, which is the weird rune symbol that's on his wrist, when that shows up on Halloween Day, that's when Michael always reappears. And right. apparently the curse is, and this was a, an attempt at least to explain the reason he's going after his family. I think right. the worst thing Halloween 2 did for every subsequent sequel is they made Lori the sister of Michael right. Myers. And so now it always has to be a family affair with Michael Myers. The curse of Mike, uh, of Michael Myers seems to, which was originally called Halloween 666, the origin of Michael Myers. Um <laughs> Originally, <laughs> really playing into that satanic panic, guys. Yeah, man. Um, origin. So apparently, he has to kill all the members of his family to subdue this curse. Yes. Or kill everyone of his tribe, which is presumably everyone in Haddonfield. Yeah. So <laughs> that's the best way to explain what the curse of Michael Myers is. This movie has two things going for it. One is they tried to get it, they tried to, as, as much as they tried to explain the curse shit, yeah. they tried to get it back to he's stalking and killing people. And <laughs> they try. Right. I'm not saying they succeed completely. I'm more, far more lenient on this movie because there was an attempt by the writers of this movie to at least come in and say, how do we fucking fix this shit? Yeah. It's the yeah. sixth movie. How do we fix it? Tommy, uh, Paul Rudd as Tommy is great. You could tell they were setting him up as a potential replacement. If this film had worked, uh, a potential replacement for Loomis. He was going to be the next obsessed guy going after Michael. Um, And once again, Donald Pleasance as Loomis, who in this movie at the beginning, he's like, I'm I'm doing good. And then in the producer's cut, which is the uh, alternate version, he even points out his little scar and goes, I've even had surgery to fix the scars and all that yeah. kind of shit. But then he hears the fucking, he hears Jamie on the radio and those eyes go wide and oh shit, Loomis is back. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yep. But, um, so it has some things going for it that actually I'll be honest with you, make the movie watchable for me. Yeah. Uh, if the movie, and then what I mean by that is if the movie's on TV or by some chance in hell, someone says, Hey, let's watch the curse of Michael Myers. I could be like, yeah, okay, fine. Whereas yeah. if you tell me, Hey, let's watch Halloween five. I'll be like, you fucking nuts. Yeah. You fucking moron. Do you not know what a good movie is? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that's my take on that. I, I will say this. I prefer the theatrical cut 
opposed to the producer's cut. A lot of people will say, oh, no, the producer's cut's better. No, that's because you discovered there was a lost version of a movie somewhere. Good for you. Right. The theatrical version actually tries to tone down the cult shit. Yeah. And stick more closely to he's going after the family in his old house. Yeah. Um, and, and and it works better. And also the the asshole character gets his head, his head explodes in the theatrical version, right? Uh, when which in the producer's cut he just like electric he just gets electrocuted and that's it. That that's lame. Mm-hmm. Um, in the producer's cut, there's a suggestion that there was an incestuous thing happening where Michael Myers is actually the father of the the Jamie's baby boy baby, that he's yeah, now they trying were to forced kill. Forced to have a yeah. Well, either that or there was also scenes to suggest that maybe test tube baby of, uh, you know, combining both, whatever. But Jamie actually survives beyond the bar, the barn scene. She just gets stabbed. And then she ends up in the hospital where the man in black kills her and proves that she's still a completely useless fucking character. Right. Um, the man in black, uh, the reveal is it's Dr. Wynn, who's a character we briefly saw in Halloween one. It's the guy in Halloween one. He goes, for goodness sakes, he doesn't even know how to drive a car. Yeah. Well, maybe someone around here taught him, you know, yeah. and it turns out he taught him because yeah. uh, it's a part of this whole cult thing. Apparently, all the people that work at Smith's Grove are fucking in on the cult. Yeah. Uh, the original plot was that everyone in Haddonfield was in on it. It was going to be the goddamn hot fuzz plot. Yeah. Where the whole fucking town of Haddonfield <laughs> is into this. Which, well, and if you look at if you look at the, the Celtic shit that they pulled from. For for yeah, this tribes were it, in. it actually was would have been right, you know, because and every think, few, like thousand years you're supposed to have this mass like um, uh, uh, sacrifice of children yeah. and and animals, and then like they establish in the film that no, but you know, one family was chosen to make the ultimate sacrifice for everybody, and that is of course the the uh Myers family. Yeah. So. And I think the the residue of that script of the whole town being in on it is right. the supposedly deaf lady across the street turns yeah. out to be a part of it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, she she yeah. tells little Michael Myers, I was here babysitting the night he, you know, whatever. And yeah. then she raises her fucking knife and all that stuff. But anyway, um but yeah, so Halloween six, I, I I definitely am far more lenient on it, and and I must admit this is a more personal reason. First one I saw in theaters, I actually yeah. did go to the theaters and watch this movie and enjoyed it for the most part. I also enjoyed that the first time I watched it with you, you were mm-hmm. home on leave, you were with me and dad. Yeah. We watched the movie, and I remember scaring the fucking shit out of you yeah. because you went to the bathroom. I grabbed a pair of fucking scissors. <laughs> And you had a magazine that you were reading, and, and I was just standing outside the bathroom with the scissors. And when you mm-hmm. came out and saw me, you went fuck and lunged that magazine right into yeah. my face. <laughs> and uh, oh, it was brilliant! I loved it. It's the only time I've, I think, in my entire life, I've ever been able to actually scare you. Yeah, and it shows you the power of Michael Myers because this was an mm-hmm. imperfect movie that we just watched. Yet it scared you enough. They yeah, just like, seeing that mother. fucking mask, you know. <laughs> uh, they, uh, I'm ready to to 
I'm I'm of course rate this these movies. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna rate all three of these. Yeah, I'll boys. go ahead and rate all three. But yeah, um, I'll I'll go ahead and say, um, for me, just because of the nostalgia of it, the the remembering how long we had waited for a Michael Myers movie and all, ten out of ten, um, uh, thumbs through the forehead. Uh, for, I get. Four. Oh, you want to go through all three of them, or yeah, yeah. Let's go. I'll, I'll just go ahead and rank all three of them, and then <laughs> I'll let you give your your rank. Okay. Um, now, Halloween Five, zero. I almost gave it a one because of how well the actors tried to work with the material, but but there was those writers just fucked those actors over, and that movie is a zero. And I'm not even giving it something I'm going to pick from the movie to fucking that. Fuck that movie. Anyway, yeah, I'll give it zero out of ten uh, little boys in pirate costumes that run around with Jamie, who actually oh. did a fairly good job in this film for who he was. No, I was annoyed by that kid. Fuck that kid. Really? You don't like that kid? Uh, Jamie! Yeah. Get the fuck away from me, you little yeah, shit. Yeah, that is I'm true. I'm glad you almost got ran over by Michael Myers. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, and then uh, Halloween um, six, the curse of Michael Myers. Um, this is tough for me. I'm gonna give it two symbols of out of ten symbols of thorn. Uh, and and I give it those two for two reasons. I gain one point because they tried. At least they tried. And I'll give it two points because I just love Paul Rudd so goddamn much. Uh, All right. But, yeah. So, go ahead. Yeah. What do you think? Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, I give five out of five shotguns through the chest. There you go. Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. I give zero out of five Victorian houses that have no business being a stand-in for the goddamn Michael Myers house. Amen. And in Halloween 6, I will give, because I will admit, I don't mind the movie. Again, I can watch it. I like it. I, I'm being lenient towards it. I'm admittedly yeah. being lenient towards it. I will give it three out of five exploding heads. Yep. I'm down. That is where I stand. I'm down. On the Thorn Trilogy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, the Thorn trilogy is what it is. Uh, I'm gonna give a uh, thank God. Uh, I said earlier, you know that they that Halloween three is being looked at as a as a better film than it was at the time. Uh, in fact, you and I have talked several times about wanting to uh, see that as actually get rebooted. Uh, because with modern technology and what they were trying to do with that film where technology is being mixed with old school mysticism to create this <laughs> thing, uh, I think they could do a really good job with that today. The other thing is, thank God for the new trilogy because they, uh, with one line in Halloween 2018, make all of that shit non-canon <laughs> it's the legends of things that people made up after the stuff that happened in 1978 so yeah we're we're good yeah. to go 
isn't he her brother or something? No, nah, yeah. it's just some a lot of people said after. <laughs> yeah, they just made it up, you know. Uh, which I I love. It's, it's, so you can technically people out there, especially young people, anyone young who listens to this, you can technically watch Halloween nineteen seventy eight, Halloween two thousand eighteen, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends, and you have the actual canon story. But if you want to get into the what JT and I lovingly call Legends series, where you can, you know, where it's the stories of people made up afterwards, you can get into all the other Halloween films. Oh, we've got five timelines you can follow if you want to. Yeah. And like, it's, yeah, it's, crazy, it's crazy how fractured it is. Uh, the, the Halloween universe uh, is, is, is large and wide. Yes. Um, well, I think we're ready to announce our next films. Uh, Jason, do you want to go ahead and announce yours first real quick? Well, let go ahead and announce yours. Cause I don't want to accidentally announce that I'm doing the same movie as you. So let's go okay. ahead. Yeah. Well, we're going back to the year of Halloween for 19, the year of our Lord, 1988. Yes. Uh, where we're going to watch a little, uh, little remake, uh, of a 1950s classic horror movie. Okay. Um, starring Kevin Dillon and Shawnee Smith called The Blob. That's awesome. going to be my next awesome. movie. That's awesome. I watched for the first time recently, and it's 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 going to be a good conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, for me, I found this movie for the first time this year. Uh, and you and I are probably going to have a whole lot to say because I know you like this movie a lot too. I'm going to talk about Trick or Treat. Hell yeah. Yeah. I think that would, dude, well, we'll talk about it next week. I I, I could sit here right now and talk <laughs> about it all night long. Um, but uh, yeah. That's a fantastic choice. Um. Yeah. Love that fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait until uh, we get to talk about it. Um, but yeah, beyond that, again, I don't have much to say for the blog. I mean, it, horrorbros.blogspot.com is the name yep. of the blog that I write on. Um, I do plan on getting back to writing written reviews, not just for the movies we cover here, but for any sort of horror movies that I watch. Um, and anything I don't, or anything I write about that's not horror, the geek the the geekly blog, it's like the weekly blog except with a G. Yep. Dot uh, blogspot dot com, uh, and that's where I put all the other pop culture stuff that I like to write about. Awesome, so, awesome. Um, hopefully, I'll be getting back on my bullshit soon. All right, uh, sounds great. Um, as for me, I'm just performing all over the place. Check out Jason underscore Johnson comedy on Instagram and you'll see any announcements I have there. Uh, but other than that, as for me, uh, remember till next week, love each other. Bye. Later. Later.